Hello, my self-improvement friends. It's Brian Ford with Self-Improvement Daily. Take ownership of your personal development one tip at a time. Today, it's a self-improvement sit-down. What does that mean? Instead of the typical two-minute personal development tip I share every day on the podcast, every other weekend, I sit down with an industry leader and take the time to understand the gritty details of what makes them tick. It's the high performers, the experts, the people who have undergone incredible personal growth and have an inspiring story to tell. The two-minute episodes will be back tomorrow, so fear not. But as for now, we have an extremely special episode. I am so, so grateful to have had this opportunity. It's time for self-improvement sit-down number 13 with the legendary David Meltzer. I'm going to do something a touch different in this episode. I'm going to spend the next few minutes going into David's past and introducing him in detail. First, let's hear the general timeline. David went to Tulane University where he studied law and earned his JD. Instead of taking a standard law position, he took a chance on this thing called the internet and sold legal research. He was so successful that his company rewrote their compensation structure and he became a millionaire in nine months. David went on to be an extremely successful professional in the technology sector, which includes bringing the world's first smartphone to market. He then got involved in sports and worked for Lee Steinberg, the world's most famous sports agent, and became CEO of Lee Steinberg's sports agency. It was there that he met Hall of Fame quarterback Warren Moon and co-founded Sports One Marketing, where he presently sits as CEO. David's reputation as a professional, speaker, author, and humanitarian is second to none, and it's an absolute honor to have him on the podcast. However, his path through all of that success was not as smooth as it sounds. In fact, it was nothing like it sounds, and it's the growth through that process that makes his story that much more powerful. In order to give his message the context it deserves, we need to start at the beginning. As a kid, David grew up one of six children. His mom was poor and working two jobs to provide for them. His father was extremely successful in his own right, but out of the picture since he was five and didn't support them financially. Despite that, his father was his hero. And when David was young, his entire mission in life was to make as much money as possible to make his dad proud and support his struggling mother. However, at age 10, his dad forgot his birthday and his motivation took a new form still completely fixated around money. A great demonstration of this mindset, David chose to go to law school at Tulane University because they had the strongest oil and gas litigation program, which he identified as the most lucrative field in law. But this mindset caught up with him. He was living under a fear-based, ego-based consciousness that likely started by the trauma he experienced in the relationship he had with his father. His relationship with money came from a place of scarcity, to cover up his biggest fear, which was that he would lose everything and have to tell everyone that he was a failure. Living in a world of scarcity was attracting all of the wrong things in his life. Sure, he was making more money than he knew what to do with, but he was hanging with the wrong crowds, spending in the wrong places, and doing the wrong things. He was projecting inferiority and compensating for it. Then something powerful happened on David's 30th birthday. After minimal contact from his father, his dad decided to give him a birthday gift. It was a brand new, amazing, perfectly tailored sport coat. He must have asked David's wife for his measurements because everything was so perfect. 
David was so excited to try it on, but then there was one problem. The pockets on the jacket were cut out. Furious, David called his dad and asked him what he was doing. Why was he punishing him? And his dad told him that he cut out the pockets because he didn't want David to be anything like him. He was a compulsive liar, a back-end seller, just generally an unethical person. David's dad said he cut out the pockets because you can't take anything with you when you die, and he wanted that to be a constant reminder of who he was. He didn't want David to be the richest man in the cemetery. But David was like his father in more ways than he wanted to believe. His net worth climbed above $100 million in assets. He had a golf course, a ski mountain, 33 properties, a construction company, and stocks. He thought money was happiness, and he could get whatever he wanted. He lived this way until 2007. Then David met a woman on an airplane that told him he was lost. She introduced him to Theta Meditation, explained to him the energy he was putting off and how it was attracting the wrong things. And this experience paired with his wife giving him a reality check and also telling him that he was lost, threatening that he was going to lose her if he didn't change, caused him to switch his ways. He then got intentional and changed his lifestyle, went all in on meditation and self-discovery, and worked on getting his mind right. He continues all of these positive practices to this day, but at that point in 2007, it was too little, too late. The energy he had been giving off and the life he was manifesting all came to a point in 2009 when he went bankrupt. His biggest fear of being a failure became a reality, and he had to foreclose the house that he bought for his mom and tell Lee Steinberg that his valiant CEO had lost all of his money. He had to start from scratch. However, he sees this now as the best thing that ever happened to him. With his natural ability and unconscious competency to develop wealth and a newfound abundant mindset, David bounced back and is again extremely well off, but more importantly, he's doing it the right way. He now shares in his speeches, content, and books all of the lessons he's learned and the expertise that he has gained. I've read two of his books titled Connected to Goodness and Game Time Decision Making. And his mission is to serve as many people and encourage as many people as he can to be happy. His mission statement is to make a lot of money, help a lot of people, and have a lot of fun. And the four pillars that he emphasizes in his life are gratitude, empathy, accountability, and effective communication. His goal is to empower 1,000 people to empower 1,000 people to empower 1,000 people to be happy which essentially will bring about change on the magnitude of 1 billion people. He is an absolute inspiration. He is the very best at what he does, and his contribution to this world is only beginning. Something I'd also like to mention, David is the chairman of the Unstoppable Foundation, a nonprofit humanitarian organization bringing sustainable education to children and communities in developing countries. Did you know that 57 million children around the world live without access to even a basic education? A lot of the work they do is in Africa, where 43% of these kids reside. To date, the Unstoppable Foundation has educated 35,000 children and have impacted 78,000 community members all through David Meltzer's guidance. This organization is special in that every dollar donated goes directly towards supporting the cause. If you feel so inclined, you can contribute by clicking the link in this episode description or by visiting donate.unstoppablefoundation.org SID. I've had the pleasure to meet David a few times and familiarize myself with his work, 
And essentially, I've been preparing for this interview for the last five months. David is an industry leader who has changed my life, and I can't wait to share more of his message with you. In the interview, we talk a lot about productivity and efficiency, and David lives it. He runs his operation at the next level, and you'll hear what I mean. I chose to add the audio that I recorded before the interview started just to give you a taste of it. So now, let's get to it. Good morning, Brian Ford. Mr. David Meltzer, how are you doing today, sir? I am amazing. It's the best day ever, and I'm looking forward to speaking with you. Thank you for adhering to my 520 rules, so I'll try to pack in as much as I can to help everybody. All right. Well, I don't want to waste any time. The clock's already running, right? So let's get yeah, to we're it. We're early, too. That's awesome. Perfect. And we are live. First, David, thank you so much for being here today, just for always being of service, for sharing your expertise so freely with the world, and for paying the dummy tax in so many areas of life so that all of us don't have to. Thank you so much for being on. Oh, my pleasure. I live in a lens of productivity and accessibility, being as productive as I can, providing value to others is what productivity is, and then accessibility, being accessible to others, as well as accessing what I want so I can give more to others. So there's a great flow that occurs, and people like you and these great podcasts and interviews help me distribute and impact more and more people. So I owe you all the gratitude uh, for the opportunity to speak for you for these 20 minutes. Oh, no, I appreciate that. And I mean, you know the name of the game. So that's exactly all the things you just touched on are exactly what I was wanted, wanted to get into just because uh, that, is, that is the value that's going to be delivered here today. But so let's start with it. I want to touch on something that stood out above everything else that I've read in your work. And it's something that you have in your books connected to goodness and also game time decision making. Um, actually, I think it comes from Calvin Coolidge's quote, persistence and determination is omnipotent. But you call it with your expression, the consistent, persistent pursuit of your potential. So can you just elaborate on what the role consistency and persistence plays in life and in business? Absolutely. I think the number one thing is can you enjoy, find the light in, look at with gratitude, forgiveness, accountability, and inspiration, the consistent every day, every day, lower the bar, Every day prioritized by importance, not urgency. Every day ask how you can be of service and provide value and offer that as well as ask, do you know anyone that can help me? Every day, every day do you select those people most relative to you and provide them the attention and the intention to create the coincidences that you want to occur. Consistent behavior is how the body, the mind, and the soul communicate and memorize and remember come together as one. If we consistently do things, the cellular memory of our bodies are so short from the time we wake up till the time we go to sleep that it takes a minimum determined upon our own genetics, a minimum of 21 days in order to effectuate a neural pathway, one of the 40,000 of the same thoughts that are stored in our intermediate memory, our subconscious. And if we can access those, once again, consistently every day, then we can send a frequency to our DNA, our quantum memory, and allowing us to create a frequency that allows us to attract what we want and create the coincidences that we want. And so consistency is the most important thing mm. that I can give to people. And that's why I say first, enjoy the consistent, because when we're consistent, it makes it so much easier to be persistent and not to quit and to evolve and to pivot. And 
pursue, which is tied into our inspiration. If we can consistently every day, persistently without quit, pursue the potential, the truth that we have, we can expand and accelerate and grow at such an exponential rate. We can provide more value and be more productive and accessible to others, helping more and more people as well as accessing what we want. So all of those people that we now can access are receiving more and more that led to my mission in life, which is to make a lot of money, to help a lot of people and have a lot of fun by impacting people, to impact other people, empower people, to empower other people just to be happy. And that's what that book, Game Time Decision-Making, is all about, allowing you with value-based leadership and decision-making capabilities to make those decisions efficiently, effectively, and with statistical success in order to effectuate happiness. Yeah, and so that's exactly... What you're referring to, um, just based on your book, Connected to Goodness, and actually the, the chapter about strategy is the law of 64. And that was so fascinating when you first introduced that concept to me of how you can be more statistically significant, efficient, and work twice as much as anyone else. So would you mind kind of going through that whole process of how you can turn eight work hours into the productivity of 64 work hours? Oh man, it's one of my favorite questions. Thank you so much. So uh, that power, power of 64, right? The power of 64. Most people, if they're lucky, if they're good, they're eight hours productive a day. And so when I got out of law school, I had one vision in my life. I wanted to be rich. I wanted to buy my mom a house and a car. I grew up with six kids and a single mom in a two-bedroom apartment. And I figured, man, if I can be rich, I can buy my mom a house and a car and I'll be happy because that's the only thing that ever caused me stress or unhappiness as a kid was watching my mom cry over the car breaking mm -hmm. down or not being able to send us to summer camp. So I said, all right, how am I going to do this? I'm going to beat people with math. So number one, I'm going to work 16 hours a day, not eight hours. And I'm going to be productive in those 16 hours. And with those 16 hours, I was going to create efficiencies so that my 16 hours of productivity became 32 hours of productivity. And then I'm going to practice consistent, persistent behavior in the pursuit of my potential to be the best. And I'm going to increase my statistical success to twice as much as anybody else, taking the 32 hours of productivity and making it 64 hours of productivity a day Eight days I was working in one day. I work seven days a week because I don't believe in work. I believe in activity I get paid for and activity I don't get paid for. I enjoy the pursuit of my potential. I try to maximize the amount of activity I get paid for. If I could get paid to sleep, I'd get paid to sleep. If I could get paid to play baseball, I'd pay to play baseball. If I got paid to sit down, it doesn't matter. But the net result of the power of 64 is that you can work eight days of productivity in one day. And if you work or are active in money making activities, you could have 56 days a week. So when I was a millionaire nine months out of law school and the company West Publishing was giving me all these accolades for being such an extraordinary salesperson, they had a $250,000 comp plan for me and I blew it out to a million dollars in nine months. I had the last laugh because I actually didn't even hit plan because I worked 10 years in nine months <laughs> and I was really at $100,000 at plan. I just did 10 years of work and it looked as if I was four times as good as what my comp plan indicated and it ended net result of me making so much money and being able to help so many people. I bought my mom that house in a car, paid off my law loans and it catapulted my career into the Silicon Valley, into the internet world wireless proxy right. service space and phone space 
that led to all types of great educations and lessons. Right. Well, and you're not giving yourself enough credit because a lot of people don't have the humility to understand like, okay, this is the math that I did, but I was capable of more. And I think you continuing to push your own bar is something that's just so effective and has just continued to serve in your life. But again, that's not the full story because you talk about being an overnight success and the work that you put in, how can actually, as you've been mentioning, accelerate and exponentially grow with time. And that kind of your quote is an overnight success happens in 17 and a half years. And that's kind of this thought of exponential growth. Do you mind kind of elaborating on that and how that ties into this uh, law of 64? Yeah, so the law of Goya ties into the law, the power of 64. The law of Goya states, get off your ass. John Asaroff taught me that. Uh, They don't call him John Asaroff for nothing, I guess. He (laughs) says, get off your ass. Get off your Asaroff, I should say. Uh, Give him full credit. Anyway, uh, that says work hard, work smart. But it also says work long. Uh, So the power of 64 handles work hard and smart, but working long is something that uh, even in my life today, I'm on a 60 year plan uh, for the rest of my life as far as the activity I get paid for. Everything I do today, I have a perspective of the effect or impact it's going to have during my lifetime, the 60 year plan. Uh, What happens to most people is that they attach their emotions to an outcome and they don't understand exponential growth or how the uh, five to thrive system that I've created, stimulating interest, transitioning interest, sharing a vision, which is only 20% of the way there, verbal commitment to what we're doing. But understanding the four step, managing and developing a vision so that things thrive. So what happens is when we work, you know, let's say on average, some are faster, some are slower, but on average, it takes about 10 years to get to 25% of the way there. And what happens is 99% of the people start putting faith in what other people want for them. They put and vote for what other people want, their family and friends mainly is what we call those people. And their family and friends, uh, you know, convince them that they're wasting their time. And yet they have accelerated and grown for 10 years to get to 25% of the way there. The saddest part is the 1% that move on, in five years, just half as much time in five years, they're now at 50% of the way there. That 1% of the, the previous 99% that quit, that 1% now, out of that 1%, another 99% quit. And that's tragic because 99% of those people were only half as much time. That's right, two and a half years away from being 100% there. And if they didn't put faith in what other people want for them and vote for what other people want for them and believe what other people want from them and all the naysayers, remember always that people laugh, giggle, and smirk at you before they applaud at you. And so all the laughs, all the giggles, all the smirks from the great people that love us so much and care about us so much, our family and friends, have resulted in killing 99% of the 99% and allowing us to only have the 1% of the 1% that we call lucky, that we call (laughs) amazing. And here's the best part about being one of the extraordinary, one of the 1% of the 1%. Those extraordinary people now in half as much time are 200% of the way there. And half as much time from that are 400% of the way there. And half as much time are 800% of the way there. And half as much time are 1600% of the way there. That's how uh, Jeff Bezos 25 years ago told people that he was starting a bookstore in his garage, and yet 25 years later, he's now the richest man on earth and does over $100 billion in revenue because he does not put faith in what other people want for him. He does not vote for what other people want from him. 
He did not listen to the laughs, the smirks, right? All of those things. And now everyone on earth applauds him for changing the workflow and distribution of all goods in the world. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. And I mean, that's such a, just, I mean, really actionable and just like a very transparent step as a, okay, this is the growth pattern and people are afraid to take those steps, but here it is walked out in front of you and you just need to kind of execute on it yourself. And I, I love how you can articulate that. So relevant, relatable for a bunch of people. Um, so you have, you have this expertise, of course, on the business and success side, but you also have so much experience and so much to offer in the message that you share about growth and abundance. And so before this, I've made everyone listening to this familiar with your whole story behind your personal development journey. So your history of scarcity, living in ego consciousness, bankruptcy, the role of your father, um, but also the revival that you experienced and the tenets that you live by. Uh, you call them pillars of truth. And my favorite, and probably your favorite, I know you don't want to pick a favorite, but gratitude. Um, you described going bankrupt as the best thing that ever happened to you. So can you elaborate on the role that gratitude and humility have played in your personal growth journey? Gratitude is so important. I am with you. You know, it's a matter of uh, everything starts with perspective. So gratitude is the most important. Uh, gratitude allows us to have a perspective. It allows us to get to do everything, not to got to do anything. Uh, it allows us to find the light in everything and the lesson in everything. We're here to learn lessons. And if we don't learn those lessons, their same lessons are going to keep on coming until we learn them and they result in pain if we don't learn them. So we want to learn those lessons and gratitude is that pillar. Gratitude gives us the perspective that every single thing that's passed uh, it occurred in our life is just a lesson and that it's such a positive and that everything that's current today, doing it now, uh, is a blessing. And even more importantly, the future is even brighter than that through gratitude. And I ask and pray that everyone says thank you at least twice a day when they wake up and when they go to bed uh, to remind themselves of their perspective that they control their universe through their perspective. And gratitude is the lens in which we utilize and empower productivity and accessibility. Uh, and along with that, when people ask me, what's lesson would you like to have learned, you know, at an earlier age or continually when you were 20, 25, 30, 35, 40, 45, 50, it's radical humility. Radical humility is simply uh, forgiveness and understanding one that I, I need to ask and offer people my services, my help, my value unconditionally. But more importantly than that, I have to be aligned with my receiving value so that I can receive and I need to, beyond doubt, ask in person, on the phone, via email and media, radio, print, TV, and social media, do you know anyone that can help me? And if I'm asking every day of how I can offer my services and be of value, and two, if you know anyone that can help me, I am going to create a flow of abundance for everyone utilizing gratitude and radical humility. Yeah, that's amazing. And just kind of going back to the gratitude point. So, I mean, the gratitude kind of, as you've explained, presents an uh, opportunity to acquire situational knowledge. And that was my favorite chapter in game time decision-making was don't trip on the first town chains behind you, you know, kind of like take those lessons and move forward. And then of course, humility, that's something that ever since learning of your work that I've taken to heart because I asked you for support, you know, and it's just, it's really crazy what happens when you start asking. And I love your philosophy on that, even just your philosophy on receiving no's and the value of changing your perception of what the word no means. But I've, I've shared that another time. We don't need to dip into that today. But let's talk about your final mission, kind of everything that you're working toward, your North Star. 
which is to empower 1,000 people to empower 1,000 people that will then empower 1,000 people to be happy. So what does happiness play in this world right now? Why do we need it? Why, why aren't we talking about it more? We have a happiness problem, you know, whether it stems from this young picture of the angels that's, you know, now part of an opiate uh, ring of unhappy people that other people dream about living. But it, on average, I read an article that the average American is happy 15 days a year. And uh, happiness creates abundance. Happiness is a perspective. It's a collective belief that we need. And we cannot have a collective belief of unhappiness, of scarcity, void, shortages, and obstacles. Uh, and we need to transform into a society of abundance. And in order to do that, uh, I'm utilizing a 60 years disciple approach that, uh, you know, every year, if I can just get two people, uh, I will blow out my numbers, by the way. Mm -hmm. Because uh, my goal is a thousand times a thousand, a million, a million times a thousand, a billion, and I have a 60-year plan. But you know, if this year I can get two disciples, people to impact one person each each year, and then go from two to four, four to eight, eight to 16, 16 to 32, in five years I'll have 64 people uh, that are impacting one person a year each year of their lives in order to be happy, utilizing gratitude, forgiveness, accountability, and inspiration, the lessons that I can teach them. And then from there, after 10 years, I'll be at 2,000 and some uh, people impacting one person each a year uh, as well. And then in 15 years, I'll be at 65,000 people uh, in doing the exact same thing, just empowering one person to be happy with gratitude, empathy, accountability, and inspiration. And then in 20 years, I'll have 2 million people impacting one person a year. Uh, and from there, so on and so on. Uh, and I will, before I leave this earth, impact a billion people with abundance, happiness, kindness, joy, gratitude, forgiveness, accountability, and most important inspiration in that consistent, persistent pursuit of your potential, enjoying every single day. You won't be happy all day, but you will be happy every day. And I won't be reading about, you know, 91% of all seniors graduating from college are unhappy, depressed, anxious, and even suicidal. Suicide won't be the number one cause of death for people under 50. We won't even have it other than those who are mentally disturbed or damaged. There will be no such thing as suicide or unhappiness other than those that don't have a biochemical relationship or a biochemical physiology that allows them to produce serotonin to be happy. We need to be happy. We need to help each other to be happy. We need to live in gratitude, forgiveness, accountability, and inspiration. We need to be kind to our future selves and do good deeds. And that's all I ask for is if you can help me as a disciple to impact others, mm -hmm. to impact others, to impact others, to be happy, that will make me happy and create a collective belief for everyone. And there'll be enough of everything for everyone if we do so. 100%. No, you hit it, the nail on the head. I mean, that's just the name of the game is happiness solves so many problems. And I'm glad that you're pioneering that for so many people. You are wise well beyond your years, but that's because of the power of 64 and leveraging acceleration and exponential growth. But you probably uh, state it's well earned because the grass doesn't grow on a busy street. <laughs> <laughs> you got it, my friend. And exactly. If, uh, if the other side of the street looks uh, greener, right, you water your own grass. So, uh, just remember, live on your side of the street. Uh, I appreciate the opportunity to share uh, the lessons that I've learned. If anyone wants to reach me, they can text me at 949-298-2905 or just 
Look at me, David Meltzer, at David Meltzer, LinkedIn, YouTube, Instagram, David Meltzer, D-A-V-I-D-M-E-L-T-Z-E-R, or just Google me, you'll find me, David Meltzer. <laughs> yeah, I'll have you covered with all of that. And yes, I am one of your disciples. I will be part of the thousand to a thousand to a thousand. And I also want to thank Bob Proctor, Les Brown, Mary Morrissey, and Sugar Ray Leonard for their contribution to your life and then that contribution toward mine. So from the bottom of my heart, David, thank you so much for taking the time to be with us today. You got it, my friend. Take care. Anytime I can be of service, let me know. Thank you. David Meltzer is unbelievable. And if you feel a little overwhelmed or like you didn't understand some parts of it, I was the same way when I first started digesting his message. The first major topic we talked about was the power of 64, which is basically David's formula on how he mathematically fits 10 years of productivity into nine months. And while duplicating that for ourselves might be a tall task, we can take out the fundamentals. Work longer. He worked twice as many hours as was expected of him. Work more efficiently. Get more done in less time. And be more statistically significant, or get more results than average. That's how David managed to turn eight work hours into 64 hours of productivity. Then he talked about exponential growth and acceleration, and how we're closer to our goals than we think. Being 25% of the way to our goal at 10 years turns into 50% of the way at 15 years and 100% of the way at 17 and a half years. The output or the magnitude accomplished by percentage doubles and it takes half the time to do so because it compounds or accelerates with time. If that helps make the concept a little more tangible, then go back and listen again to the way that he articulated it and you'll uncover a whole new layer to it. And then, of course, his message about happiness. We all could use a little more of it, and I'm inspired that someone who can tackle just about any problem on this earth chooses to go to the basics and address happiness. I hope that my podcast empowers you to be happy and helps you to empower other people to be happy. You can follow David on any social media outlet at David Meltzer, and Meltzer is spelled M-E-L-T-Z-E-R. Or you can just text him at 949-298-2905. And again, if you want to support David and his work with the Unstoppable Foundation, the URL to donate is donate.unstoppablefoundation.org SID. I hope you enjoyed this as much as I did, and I hope that I wasn't geeking out too much in the interview, or at least if you couldn't tell. I feel the momentum picking up, and I'm so honored to have you with me as we go new places. I appreciate you so very much, and I'll see you next time on Self-Improvement Daily.